Welcome to Mini Math Chats, here to help math educators build confidence and spark inspiration for teaching math in less time than it takes you to run to the bathroom. I'm Mona, a former math avoider, teacher, and math coach. Everything changed for me when I started using a student-centered approach that honored my students' ideas and gave them space to focus on the problem-solving process, not just the product. In these mini math chats, I'll give you quick ideas and insights to do just that in your math community. Every Wednesday morning, we'll meet right here to jumpstart your math mindset for the day. Math practice number eight, look for and express regularity in repeated reasoning. Anyone else learn that math was about practicing and carrying out procedures with numbers? Yeah, me too. And you know what? It didn't work. I grew up thinking I was terrible at math and hating it because it was all about rules. And I don't know if we know each other, but I'm not all about rules. <laughs> I was sure that math was not about thinking and not about creativity. But my oh my, was I wrong. Math learning should focus on developing understanding and critical thinking of concepts and procedures through problem solving, reasoning, and discourse. That's actually a zhuzhed up direct quote from my favorite book, Principles to Action from NCTM. Math is about solving problems, reasoning through problems, sharing our reasoning and learning from others' reasoning. And if you take just a moment to reflect on your job and all the problems you solve in a day, you do a lot of reasoning. And what when did you learn that? When did you learn how to reason? Math is the perfect place for students to develop reasoning and problem solving with and without math concepts involved. So standard for mathematical practice number eight is focused on looking for generalizations and shortcuts, seeing the overall process of a problem and but yet still attending to the details and seeing how problems are linked and patterns occur and evaluating the reasonableness of the intermittent results. So stopping in the middle of the problem solving and asking, does this make sense? So some questions we might ask to help our students with math practice number eight are, how would we prove that? Or what would happen if, is there any mathematical rule for that? You might ask, what inconsistencies do you notice? Or alternatively, what generalizations can this pattern support? This requires that teachers attend to and listen closely to their students' noticings and aha moments, and to follow those aha moments so that they generalize to the classroom as a whole. So this speaks to the discussion that we have in Word Problem Workshop. When you allow your students to solve independently and reason on their own, solving in ways that make sense to them, then they can come to the meeting space to share either their strategy, if you as the teacher have selected them to share, or they can learn from those that share. They have the opportunity to learn from others that solved similarly or differently to them. They can look for patterns and repeated reasoning among multiple representations and strategies. During the math discussion, students might notice that someone solved similarly to their strategy, but it may have been more efficient. Let's take, for example, the problem 140 divided by 12. 
Maybe the student drew out 12 circles and was placing the 140 into the circles one by one, kind of passing them out, if you will. Then there was another student who passed out to their 12 circles, but did it by tens. Still another student who did tens, but 12 of those tens, 12 times 10 equals 120. That student thinks, then I'm left with 20. And I know I can give one so that each of those 12 groups gets one more. That would be 20 subtract 12, leaving me with eight left over. This final strategy was only two short number sentences compared to the tedious first strategy and the moderately tedious second. The teacher specifically chose these strategies to discuss efficiency and to help her students see the similarity between the other 12 groups of 10 in the last two situations. The students in the discussion quickly and lovingly rule out that the first strategy was inefficient. They all agree it works and got the student the correct answer, but that was not the most efficient or precise strategy or model. Then they start to zone in on the similarities and repeated reasoning of the final two. Here's the thing about daily routine that allows your students to problem solve and discuss their thinking. The students quickly pick up on repeated reasoning. Because of this, the awkwardness of speaking up and explaining yourself and taking that risk when being cold called is not a problem. Over time, we've built this strong community where we all participate to figure it out and work together to understand the math. The daily routine allows students to see trends day over day between problems and strategies and start to use repeated reasoning to make new conjectures. So although I think that math practice number eight might be the most complex because it requires the input of every other math practice standard, I think it might just be the most important solidifying why so much research points to daily tasks that allow our students to grapple and independently problem solve, but also opportunities to discuss that are orchestrated by the teacher, but led by the students, so that students can explain their thinking and reasoning and consider others' reasoning, and in turn see patterns of that repeated reasoning of problems over time. All right, friends, if this is the last episode of our Standards for Mathematical Practice mini-series, if you missed any of these episodes, you can always scroll back and wherever you're listening to your podcasts, or you can visit monamath.com slash SMP, where I have all of them listed and linked right there 